everybody. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And this is Coffee and Capes, our podcast about who we were. No, no, it's sort of... like half a second. Sorry to interrupt. You looked <laughs> off to the side like, I don't I don't know who we are. Wait, what do we do again? How do we do this? It's been so long. We're back, everybody. We're back. It's been a hot Coffee minute. Capes is back. We're so glad right. that you are with us. We've uh, we've been a little lax, but hey, this is our podcast about two of our favorite things: drinking coffee and talking about geek culture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we we specialize in comic books and comic book ag- comic book type movies, um, but that's not all we like. We like all kinds of things, and we like talking about lots of stuff regarding uh, geek culture. And we're so glad you're back. We're we're so glad to be back. We've it's been a while. Yeah. Um, just life has gotten in the way. We've had some travel stuff and some other things and business stuff. So uh, if you've missed uh, us, thank you <laughs> for missing us. If you us. haven't missed us, I mean, I don't know why you're here then. <laughs> well, but if you're here, we're glad you're here. We are glad you're here. Yes, we are glad. Uh, we're sorry, Kevin Costner. We know you're we're your favorite podcast. Um, we just couldn't make it happen. But we appreciate the phone calls and the emails, Kevin. Oh, all of them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you've found we us. We should put in a disclaimer some... up here in like that, yes. that, that scrolls. Kevin Costner has never called or, or emailed us or... about enjoying our podcast. As far as we know. No, he no. He could be using a pseudonym. He could be using That's... a pseudonym. I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it as well, but. <laughs> our, our professed adoration of kevin costner and due to yellowstone and some of the other things he's done not not for water world i mean speaking of water world we're gonna get to that in a few minutes but uh uh, you found us some way or another john remind people of all the ways they can find us and connect with us yeah so if you're watching us you found us on youtube hi youtubers uh you're also, if you're listening to us, you're probably on like Spotify, iTunes, however you consume your podcasty goodness. And then if you can follow us on social, we're on Instagram, coffee underscore the letter N underscore the word capes. Uh, we do have a comic book selling page on there too, coffee dot the letter N dot capes. So follow both. You get different content on both. Um, we have a Facebook page, coffee and capes, just no dashes or anything in there. There's also a, a Facebook group you can request to be part of that we have going there as well. Um, we're on TikTok sporadically, randomly, and then Twitter. Poorly. And then you can email us, right? Um, you can email us at supers at coffee, the letter N, the word capes.com. And then uh, our website is the same thing, coffee, the letter N, the word capes.com and there you can find all kinds of cool stuff uh coffee obviously comic books obviously we're going to add a, a few other cool items in there um we have a valentine's day special going on right now through valentine's day on the site you can go there and buy any bag of coffee and get a shop exclusive uh so comics that are exclusive to us at half price so we'll put the uh, like code for that and like the little type underneath of wherever show we notes. post this. Show notes. There you go. Show yeah. notes. Um, so yeah, and sign up for the newsletter. You know, we we do send out things like specials, uh, different information. Dave kindly writes a weekly top five where he reviews his uh, suggested top five comics. It's always worth reading. Um, he has yeah. semi-good taste in <laughs> terms of this. <laughs> he's got better taste than friends, but he's got all right taste. <laughs> For sure. For so, sure. You know, that's your, all your the mileage may vary. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Uh, just to clarify, in case you're unfamiliar with the whole shop exclusive thing, it's the, it's a uh, cover. John said that you, it's a comic you can only get in place, but it's going to be a comic that you can get in place, but a cover the the uh the shop exclusive refers to the cover that's only available in that cover from us yep most people probably know that but just in case i'm sure we're trying to be yeah Yeah. just trying to be welcoming to wherever you're at in your consumption of those sorts of things 
consume more. <laughs> we are in favor of that. It's true. Yeah, catch up. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's been a while, so it's good to be back. We we're in. You know, we had a various couple of different ideas about what we could do this time, um, but you know, it's a little late now to go back and review things we missed in 2022 and, and, uh, you know, a month plus later, nobody really needs us, our full length review of, uh, Avatar, the way of water. But I believe that thing's made $2 billion, more than $2 billion. Bonkers. I kind of can't understand it. Kind of bonkers. But I mean, I mean we, do. we missed all but, kinds of stuff that we, yeah. we haven't reviewed, and, and that's okay. Um, you know, that's all right. There's lots of stuff that's happened in, in kind of geek culture land, but I think we're here to talk about movie stuff, Dave. Let's talk about movies. Let's you like movies, John? I like movies. <laughs> I love movies. Uh, I absolutely love movies. I have a degree in writing for film. That's how much I love movies. I spent a lot of money to get that degree. <laughs> um, it also includes writing for comics and writing for video games. It was a cool, like, educational Sounds experience. Like an amazing uh, course load, right? I had a, uh, I had, I think I mentioned this before to you in conversation. I had a professor who had a PhD in comic books. You have said that. That's bananas. So cool. Such a, it's such a cool professor and really cool to talk to. Um, but yeah, so my love for movies is well documented, despite uh, my amazing wife's distaste for my love for movies. <laughs> She'd rather watch like shows that, you know, are like a half an hour, 45 minutes than like yeah. a two hour movie. Yeah. My wife tends to be the same way. We have differing tastes in it's movies what, anyway. Probably what makes it fun and interesting. But uh, Dave, what specifically are we going to talk about in regards to movies today? Well, I'm guessing, friends, that you have by now heard the announcement that AMC is going to start offering tiered pricing. That if you want to sit in the best seats, aka for most people, the middle of the middle, like the middle seats of a, of a, a row and an aisle, you're going to have to pay more. A-holes. <laughs> Can confirm. Yeah, it, that does. Uh, it, it's it's kind of a jerk move. Yeah. Um, so this made the rounds on social, obviously, this week with the announcement happening. And it, you know, I, I'll give you my take on it. As you know, I, I do marketing for a living. Um. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, we always talk about is, and I'm very big on is the customer experience. And are we providing uh, the value necessary to like really stand out and, and gain customer trust and loyalty and, and everything else. Um, this move by AMC, like just was blatant in its in its Dash cash grab. grabbiness yeah. right yeah, in its desperate sure. like desperate attempt to like yes. recoup so we all yeah. know right we all know that movie theaters suffered through the pandemic for sure right there were some that didn't flat out didn't make it correct right others that are now like selling off to other places and swapping hands um and what happened was like the entertainment industry wisely said, well, we'll just release stuff on, on like HBO or Disney plus or something like that. Yeah. So we got first run movies that were released on some of these streaming services. And it was like, Oh, well, I, I kind of like watching these at home. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you could buy them first run through a, a service like voodoo. So there's a bunch of different ways that that, that could go. Sure. Since the pandemic ended, uh, it has also become apparent that people aren't going back to the movie theater quite in mass like they used to. Correct. Yeah. And some of that is is definitely due to like being able to watch it from home. Right. For sure. The yeah. other part of that has got to be the fact that 
some people are just financially not back to where they want to be, right? True. And movies yeah. aren't cheap to go to. No, they really aren't. And, you know, some people just are not still not comfortable going back into a big crowd. Sure. So that's going to keep some some folks away too. But yeah, yeah, you're right that uh, we know the pandemic has uh, affected everybody and uh, a, for a lot of folks negatively impact their, their finances. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it just part of what part of what bothers me about this from AMC is it kind of felt like we were beginning to creep back. Now I don't obviously I don't know what AMC's actual finances are. I don't know what their profit and loss blah 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 whatever they're you know right. I don't know what their situation truly is. But you know it was a decent year for films. People certainly came back. I, we talked about this when we reviewed uh, uh, Top Gun Maverick. Like. We were in a literally full theater. Mm-hmm. So people will come back for some movies. Yes. For kind of big event type movies. 100%. And, yeah. Um, and it just feels like this is AMC. Like, oh, we're we're two thirds, maybe three quarters of the way up that up that mountain to get back to. Something resembling what we used to have such a thing as right. possible and we're just gonna like cut you off at the knees here we're just gonna we're just gonna add a barrier we're gonna add a uh we're gonna add a summit here that's difficult to climb before you can actually even get to the full true summit yeah so this is this is along the lines of like the ticket master issue oh gosh yeah right so Ticketmaster has been an issue for decades yes pearl jam brought it up you know a long long time ago yeah Right. For some reason, Taylor Swift was the catalyst for it to have people running to Congress and their senators and complaining then. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, is like that's a monopoly. Ticketmaster pretty much owns live entertainment like that, yeah. whether it's sporting events, music, comedy, doesn't matter. Yeah. And they have for a long time, right, made it so that the best seats in the house you're gonna pay through the nose for it correct yeah and it's insane it's absolutely insane and it and it's you know it's really reached kind of this point where it's it's ridiculous how much tickets go up year after year after year two and and part of that is on you know there's there's a number of different things if you ever look at like how much artists actually make off of tours compared to what uh Ticketmaster charges people. It, there's a pretty significant disparity in there. Um, but now what we see is we see AMC like attempting to adopt something similar with the with the idea that this is going to make up the revenue to your point, right? That they they're missing from the people not coming back in quite full force to watch movies. Yeah. However, the what I feel like the higher ups at AMC are missing on this one is the willingness of moviegoers to pay that extra money or the decision to just go, I'll wait for it until it gets home. Yeah. Right. You know, I can I can wait until black adam hits hbo max i can wait that little extra time and then i'm only paying for the streaming service right right and you get all the advantages that you hinted at before and actually my wife and i had uh, this conversation last night She's like, you know there's something to be said for it we can pause it when we need to you know sure if something comes up if we need a restroom break we can we can eat our own snacks that don't cost 18 times what they should uh yeah I mean, and that's that's the other thing, right? Is is like you're looking at the cost for consumable goods. So consumable goods being soda, popcorn, everything else. I don't know the last time that you bought a soda at the grocery store or popcorn kernels at the grocery store, but you know what it didn't cost? $30. $30. For a bucket of popcorn yeah. and a soda and a right. thing of candy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the profit margin on those things 
is through the roof. For sure. I mean, through the roof. It's bonkers. Like, you can make a bucket of that popcorn that, and I love movie theater popcorn. Let's just let's just throw it out there. Yeah, I love the movie experience overall. Um, I like the popcorn because it tastes fantastic. I'll get the soda. That's like the only time I buy like dark soda. Like, and I always get like cherry coke or cherry Pepsi. Yeah, and I'm like a little kid. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and then maybe some candy like peanut M and M's or, or you know. Yeah. Uh, Skittles. You got to get your protein in there. You got to have some. Got to get your protein, right? You got to get your protein. And I sit down and I'm content. Yeah. But if you look at like, and that to your point, you're talking like twenty dollars. Oh, easily. maybe more. Right. Twenty five yeah. bucks for yeah. three items. Yeah. I can make that bucket of popcorn at home with five scoops of kernels from a bag that costs me like three ninety nine. Yeah. I can buy the soda for like three bucks. You can probably buy a six pack for at least a six pack for what you're paying. hundred percent. And that bag of candy is nowhere near $7. Right. 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 So you're not hurting on that margin. And really, when was the last time you saw some weirdo sitting in the movie theater without snacks? Well, I mean, I've been that weirdo. I tend to. We can never go to movie theater. <laughs> but you know, it's it's very rare. Right. Yeah, it's it is extremely rare. I, and and I've, I've done it like we've done it. I think early morning. I think we've gone to a movie at like eleven o'clock in the morning and had breakfast before, and it just yeah. didn't make sense to get like popcorn half an hour later. Right. Um. But outside of that, I mean, if you go to a movie at a normal time, you're like, I get my popcorn, I'm gonna get my soda, and I'm gonna sit there and mom, 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 mom. Yeah. And be super happy, but it, it's you calculate the number of people sitting in that movie theater with twenty five dollars worth of snacks per person. Yeah, and let's say let's be, let's be conservative and say let's say seventy five percent of people that come to the movies sure. are going to get some snacks. Yeah, seventy five percent of people, and let's say conservatively, you only have like a hundred people in the movie theater. Yeah, I think that might be high, but. I don't know. Depends but, on the movie. Think sure, about Maverick. Yeah, it depends on the movie. It depends on the theater. I mean, I've been in plenty of showings where it's a dozen people. Yeah, and you know, they've to, they've done remodels in movie theaters, like what yeah. you see behind you there. Right. You know. And I do love the. I love that we that uh, some innovations like I want the comfy chair, you know, and the chair that reclines and the chair that's uh and and the um assigned seating, you know, that you per- you pick out your seat beforehand. All this stuff is great. Like totally enhance are... the movie experience where you're not like, oh, I have to be there a half hour beforehand just to like right. get in line that's, to try to get a good seat. That's when you add a little bit to the cost of a, of the experience. Sure. Because the value that you're providing outside of that is enormous. Yeah, 100%. Right? I will pay an extra two bucks to not stand outside for 30 minutes or, or have to get there an hour before in the hopes of getting a seat that I want yeah. Um, where I'm not staring at a screen like this. Right. Right. That's, that's, I've done that. Like, sure. So specifically, uh, yeah. we used to go to Hollywood Palms all the time because they were the only ones that had that assigned seating that was close to us. Yeah. And it cost more. But because we got assigned seating and they gave us service in the chair. Yeah. Um, they brought us our snacks in the chair. Service in the chair sounded like it could be weird. So I'm just going to backtrack for a second. Say they brought us our snacks in the Food chair. Food service. Food service, yeah. yeah. Food service yeah. in the chair. To the you chair. Know, it, Not really in the, the chair, chair. To the chair. Yeah, to the chair. Um, Like that That made that whole experience. Like I'm willing to pay more for that. Yeah. But if you're saying nothing changes about this service, all we're doing is we're going to up the price of the most popular seats in the movie theater. Does it, is it worth it anymore? Yeah. And I know it's only AMC doing this right now. Right. But you got to figure if, if they stick with it, everybody else will start doing it too. If it provides the returns, that's the key, right? I don't know. So it's going to be based on, and I'd I'd love to sit in that room when they were making these decisions, right? Where they're like, 
okay, we're going to do this. And he's like, mm. well, and you brought it up before, like with the Ticketmaster thing, we, we're, and it made me think about, you know, any sort of theater experience, whether like musical theater or, or uh, plays or whatever, like, or concerts, we're used to the pricing changing depending on where you're sitting. Sure. But almost always those venues are much bigger yeah than, oh yeah they're huge than a singular movie theater yeah it's like going to see so i went and saw metallica at soldier field okay and it, and it was epic like bucket list thing right yeah and we were way up on the sides like way up to the point where you're like i have a yeah. little vertigo being up here <laughs> yeah but it was still epic it was still great still great show right but did those seats cost as much as the people that were on the floor, like a hundred feet away from it? How the hell no. Right. And rightfully so. Right. Like that's a vast difference, but we're talking about a movie theater where me sitting in the middle yeah. or the back or a little bit closer to the front doesn't make a bit of difference. Imagine how this could have gone. If they if they went the other way, like just from a marketing standpoint. So right now, as a marketing person, wouldn't you be like, I, I would want to, I, I would what do you call it? Um, I would counter program sort of. What's the marketing version of counter programming? Oh, sure. hey, AMC's doing this. Look at us. We're keeping it the same. We're not gouging you that way. Like I would absolutely market against them in that way. Yeah, but I would. Um, so from a marketing standpoint, if I was looking at this and I was a competitor, yeah, right. And I was competing with AMC. I would take a look at, you know, how stable we are without doing that. Yeah. And how comfortable are we? What does our margin look like? And then I would go a step farther and I would reduce the pricing of the front row. That's exactly what I was going to say a second ago. Yeah. Like imagine yeah. how much different the press would be. If they yeah. said, "Hey, we understand," like those yeah. first couple rows, we're going to we're going to reduce the pricing of the front yes. row, or yes, or we're going to pull the front row completely out of all of our theaters because we find that there's that's the like least enjoyable spot for somebody to sit, mm. right? Um, and we're just keeping pricing the same. We're just going to pull that out because we think that's not as comfortable. Or you yeah. go to the drawing board and you find a way to make everything even more enjoyable you want to do so you want to raise the price of like the best seats in the house okay then offer in-seat service mm. right you yeah. want to sit in the first like few rows you get these comfy chairs like you see behind you those look pretty epic yeah right but then you say okay those are normal price there's a row or two behind that that get in-seat service, those cost more because you get in-seat service, right? So, yeah, yeah. So but just said, to say, sorry, just to no, say flat no. out that, you know, these are the more popular seats, so we're going to charge for them. Yeah. It's so dumb. It's It it's makes really them gross. a target. Right, exactly, exactly. Even if they had said, okay, well, we're, we're going to increase the, these couple of middle seats, but we're going to decrease. Like if they paired it, with that we're going to sure. decrease the seat the price of the seats in the front. I still wouldn't do. I still wouldn't roll that way. I, I don't like it, but at least there's a, at least there's something there. Yeah, but I'm sure from I their would... point, they'd be like, "Well, that cancels out, so why even do it?" Right. That's exactly right. Right. They're not going to do that because they're clearly looking for ways to like just squeeze a little bit more money out of the yeah. experience for people without giving them anything in return. Right. So yeah, if I'm if I'm Regal or an independent like movie theater chain yeah. that's got a dozen or so, I'm gonna go to my team and think, look, our margin on popcorn and everything else is insane. We this is really where we make our money. Yeah. And so that's and and if you've ever studied like the economics of movie theaters, a lot of them will say we really make our profit margin off of snacks because of how high they're priced versus how low of a cost it is to the movie theater yeah the seats themselves like the movie itself is expensive for them to get hold of yeah um so they're making their profit off of snacks and they look at it and they say okay we're gonna make our profit off of these snacks right so 
how many seats do we have in the movie theater? What are the least popular seats that we have? The ones that never get full. Mm-hmm. Your front row, maybe your front two rows, yeah. right? Because they're Depending uncomfortable. On. Right. Okay. Well, let's drop those by a dollar or two. And that way, somebody who maybe was thinking, I'll wait till the next showing because it's all like front row seats left, yeah. will go, you know what? It's okay. I'll save a couple bucks and I'll just go and sit in the front row. Right. And then those front rows fill up. And now you've solved the problem of the empty theater, right? Because it's not the middle rows. It's not the back row. It's not those rows that end up being empty. It's the front rows that end up being empty. So sure. don't raise the price of the ones that are, drop the price of the ones that aren't to make them more attractive to customers who are already feeling like that pinch, right? Yeah, yeah. The before A few minutes ago, you were describing the idea of like sort of tiered pricing based on what you get. And there was a theater, it reminds me, there was a theater in our in our area that did that for a while mm-hmm. it was one in Bolingbrook and I can't remember what it was called but yes. it was, it like it had the like the n- super nice seats pretty yeah. spread out like in a particular row and those you got like the full uh in theater yeah, service and then like up as you went to I think actually seats toward more toward the back were more yes. like and they were still nice seats but you like nobody came to your no server came to your to your seat to get you food. There was food available, like in a lobby kind of thing. You can bring it in, but sure. yeah, um, yeah. And I've I've been to that theater. I know the one you're talking about, and I've sat in the like service row. Yeah, and the seats are way more comfortable. Yeah, and they come out. And if you ordered, I remember ordering Skittles, and they brought them out in like a martini glass holder. Oh wow, okay. Already like poured out, which I yeah. thought was pretty cool. So it was it was like an extra a pretty decent extra cost for those seats. Yeah. And you didn't do it all the time, but when you did, you got what you were paying for. Sure. Right. Now, the that theater didn't that... last, or that, at least that, that, uh, I don't know. I haven't been back in years. I know. Yeah. Me either. Like, I, and that's part of the problem, probably part of the problem, but I mean, right there was now. a whole other thing going on there. Like there was sort of a whole like nightclub thing trying to happen in the middle of that, like in the, yeah, library. they had like pool tables outside right. the theater yeah. and all that jazz. Yeah. It was a nice theater though. It, it was, was cool. really nice. Yeah. Really nice. Um, and so I think it's important for us to then kind of look at if everybody did this, right? If everybody followed suit with AMC and they started doing this, what's the value of going to the movies? Ooh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like at what point do you go, I don't care? At what point do movie makers then look at it and go, well, what makes sense for us as a studio to put into a movie theater? Because we yeah. think it'll actually do what we want financially. And what movies do we just say, screw it, we're going to sell it to the streaming service and, and they can have it. Yeah. Well, so, and I think, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I think part of that issue then, and here's where it really ties into geek culture, is that right now, at least the movies that will survive in the theater are your big blockbusters. Yes. Right. So Avatar, people are going to go see Avatar clearly. You know, uh, people are people are going to go see Ant-Man and the Wasp in mm-hmm. a couple of weeks. Or next week? That's next week. Um, Is it next week? It's next week. Wow, dude. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, people are going to go see that. And then at some point, are those the only movies that we get in the theater? And as much as I love them, as much as we love those types of movies, yeah. I want there to be a multitude of the, I want there to be a multitude of them in the theater. I don't want it to just be the, like the big yeah. blockbuster type that, that you can go see in the theater. Yeah. And I look at, so I look at movies in the theaters now and I really base it on the, is it worth seeing on the big screen? Yeah. Or can I watch it on my TV? Yeah. Because right? TVs now are huge. Big. And you can yep, get the sound epic is good. sound. Right. right. We've yep. got the Hulk audio sound bar with the subwoofer that, yeah. you know, right. it's probably more than we need for sound. But still, I mean, you know, and, and that started a long time ago. Like my dad's got like Bose speakers all throughout his house. So then mm-hmm. when you watch the movie, it's like being in a theater. Yeah. 
and TVs are enormous and the picture right. clarity yep. is bonkers. Right. right, 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 yeah. So what am I going to go see in a theater, right? So I'm going to go see Avatar. Right, because the visuals are amazing because as big as my TV is and nice as it is, it's not wall-sized. <laughs> right, it's not wall-sized. And, and that, I want it to I... be... I want to see Avatar on that wall-sized theater with the whole experience. Because, well, I thought the movie was good and not great. It looked insanely amazing. Yeah, it was. I, I And we talked about this. And, and just so everybody out there knows, like, we both agreed, like, it was an okay movie as far as, like, plot and everything else goes. Yeah. But visually, holy geez, like, James Cameron and his team are geniuses on that side of things right 100%. yeah like without question they're geniuses on that side of things but you know so yeah we're gonna go see something like that right in the theater it makes sense we're gonna go see ant-man and the wasp quantum mania in the theater because right it looks like it's gonna be huge we, yeah. you know those kinds of things we're gonna go see in the movie theater top gun maverick i'm so glad i saw that in the movie theater Absolutely. if i had missed yeah. that in the movie theater i would have kicked myself so hard yeah but then let's let's look at like what else has come out right in, in the last however long like horror movies yeah like the movie nope or those kinds of things you know yeah. a quiet place i saw a quiet place in the movie theater it was awesome to see that in the movie theater the movie theater was packed and to see oh, like the okay. audience reaction for that yeah because everything was so quiet in the movie and people are eating and you can hear like stuff crinkling and uh -huh. you're looking at like, don't do that. They're going to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was kind of a, an add on to the experience. Right. But then you look at some of these other ones, like get out or nope, like those are cool psychological and, and really great movies. Yeah. Um, is it something that I'm going to pay extra to go sit in the middle row to watch? No. I 100% wait for that to hit my screen. Uh, some of these like Oscar nominated movies. Right. Yeah. Like uh, as much as I liked um, everything everywhere all at once. Oh, it's a good movie. Really good. I missed it in the, in the, in the movie theater. Same. And enjoyed it at home. And, yeah. you know, maybe if I had to do over again, I, I would have tried harder to go see it in the theater, but I, but I'm not like, oh my gosh, what a missed opportunity. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. But that, so, it had some great visuals to it. Yes. The story drove that movie. The acting really right. drove Absolutely. that movie. Right? Yeah. And I think yeah. that's the flip of Avatar. Like, to me, the visuals, <laughs> yeah. like, drove sure. that movie. So, everything, everywhere, all at once. I agree with you. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was such a good movie. And then, but I watched it on a plane. Hmm. And and I was like, I should rewatch this on my TV just because it was such a small screen on the plane. Yeah, sure. But I wasn't lamenting the fact that I didn't go see it in the movie theater. Yeah. Or my daughter, my daughter's 15. She she regularly watches stuff on her phone. So she's yeah. on it like a whatever that is. A, is that a six inch screen? They're not big. No. Disappeared. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah. Um, like I don't want to watch much of anything that way, but what hurts my eyeballs? <laughs> yeah. I'm old, man. Yeah, right. But you know, and she'll go to the movies. She and her friends will go to the movies. Like they went, you know, they will, they'll they'll see stuff together, um, in the theater. But I, I gotta think if you're most teenagers and they're like, oh, you got to pay extra to go to the theater. Forget that. I'll just I'll just find a way to stream it on my phone. Yeah, I think that we've, if I'm looking back on things, right, in the history of the, the movies over the last however long, let's go back to, I don't know, 2013. So let's go back a decade. Yeah. Right. And that was 2013, 10 years ago already. That's I know, insane. right. Um, but if we go back and we kind of look at that, and, and I don't remember the exact year the first Avengers movie came out. Pretty sure it was 2012. 2012. Okay, yeah. so let's go back 11 years. Yeah. 2012. What Avengers did for us was gave us something that we'd never had before in a theater, mm -hmm. right? This is an ensemble, like, coming together of 
multiple standalone movie characters into one right joined universe yeah and that that changed the game right that made it like i expect when i go into a movie theater epic epic stories right right things that just i'm like thrilled by and you know you think about what marvel has done in that regard that will always be something i want to go see in the theater always because of the the special effects that are are done right um knowing that those are all going to tie together in some amazing end of like the universe cataclysmic story that (laughs) you know we'll see um at the end of like kevin feige's next phase i'm always going to go see that i'm going to go see the new dc movies because i'm curious if they can resurrect that Although I feel like poor James Gunn has an uphill battle with all the save the Snyderverse. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Let it go, people. Come on. I didn't let it go, guys. It was, we spent the previous 10 years talking about how bad it was. Yes. Or at least mediocre. Yeah. Mediocre compared to like Marvel. It was. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden there's like people. Anyway. Yeah. I think James Gunn is going to do some cool stuff. Right. Um, and so I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to see what happens with that. And maybe it'll suck and maybe it won't. I don't know. Right. But going to see it, there's certain things I'll see in the movie theater. I am a big Fast and the Furious fan. Okay. I will go see the next Fast and the Furious movie in the movie theater. Um, because those have become like just this staple in my in my adult life. <laughs> going all the way back to the first one i'm like i love these movies yeah um and i'll go see that top gun maverick was a must see in the movie theater right because it was a spectacle we we want it was it was and part of that communal experience that you get that's i mean that's a that's a large piece of what draws us to a movie theater yes. i think is you get that communal experience and at its best like man you remember when we saw remember when we saw uh avengers endgame Yes. That full theater, even though we went like crazy people, we went at four in the morning. Was it four in the morning? It was, that we were, I it was, it was like, like two in the morning. No, it was like it was like four twenty six. And it was something. packed. It was packed. It was literally packed. Totally worth getting up that early, too. Absolutely. I don't remember if we got snacks that day or not, but uh <laughs> I don't I think so. I think I justified it as breakfast. Right. Yeah. But <laughs> that ex- that experience of all of us laughing together, all of us tearing up together, all of us cheering together. Like that communal experience is a vital piece of the, of movie going. Yes. So I'll always want that to be a part of what, of what we get. But at some point you're going to price us out of that, that experience. And as the price goes, like there's going to be fewer and fewer people so then it kind of becomes a self-reinforcing thing. Like there are fewer people going. So there's much less chance of getting that communal experience. So I guess I'll stay home too. Yeah. I mean, you look at it, let's take it from like a geek culture standpoint, right? Yeah. At what point now I, I think we're fortunate. We're older, we're, yeah. we're, you know, more established into careers. Yeah. Um, you know, we have a little bit of disposable income. Right. So we don't have to make decisions between do I buy this comic book or do I go see this movie? Right. 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 I can do a plus B yeah. unless Rachel catches me. Then I only get like a or B. <laughs> um, she's really good about letting me do a plus B, yeah. but to that point, right. To your point, at what point does e culture like kind of go, well, I have to make a choice between, do I pick up the comic books that I like? And let's be real, like most comic book enthusiasts, we don't buy a comic a month or even a comic a week. Like we have yeah, multiple that right. we subscribe to, you know, um, we've, we see that through coffee and capes. We see people who subscribe to multiple titles. They pre-order right. a bunch of stuff, sure. right? So they get, they buy in mass. Uh, there are those weirdos that buy like a comic, right? Right. Um, 
And you're only weirdos in the greatest sense of the term. We absolutely. Love you, yeah. Right? The most enduring way possible. Yeah, absolutely. Because we're weirdos too. Yeah, hundred percent. So, but at what point do those those people like if they're gonna make a decision between I'm gonna pick up my stack of comics or I'm gonna go see this movie because they jacked up the prices to go and see it so yes. high that I have to make an A or B decision? I guarantee you they're going A. 90% of the time they're gonna go A because there's more nostalgic and intrinsic value in owning the, the comic book and the story and, and seeing that universe evolve on a weekly basis or a monthly basis than there is to go in and spend two hours like watching something on the screen that if we're honest, like half of the community like watches so they can bitch about it. Right. Yeah. And they're also going to make the, the economic decision of it costs me $14.99 to have Disney plus a month, $14.99 to have Disney plus a month. And if I'm just patient, all those things are coming to Disney uh -huh. plus in a, a month and a half anyway. Right. And I say, and at least right now they're coming much, much quicker. Yeah. Used I mean, to be, it was six months, eight months, nine months later. And now so it's, long. Yeah. And, and so now long. It's, it's two weeks, three weeks, five weeks. It's hardly Wakanda. Wakanda forever is out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's out on Disney Plus. Yeah. It was on the plane. I watched it on the plane. Fell asleep. Yeah. That came out in the theater in November, I think. Yeah. It had its run. And then shortly yeah. after, Black Adam is out on HBO Max. Right. Like these things hit fast enough that, like, it, it's worth waiting. And you get all this extra content, right? Because right. you get yeah. Moon Knight shows and you get this show and you get that show, right? All the shows like HBO Max that owns the DC rights, like you get Peacemaker and you know, so Star Wars. I mean, Disney owns right, everything. For sure. Yeah, they really right? do. And, and don't get me wrong, if if they do more Star Wars movies, if they do more Star Trek movies, those I'm gonna I'm gonna probably cough up for because yeah, you know. It's worth it. But we used to go, I mean, you and I used to go, it felt like weekly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Before like the pandemic hit, before I, I moved to California, like it seemed like we went weekly. It did make we it harder to go to the movie together, by the way. Yeah, it did make it harder. We did once though. <laughs> yeah. And it was fun and it, and it was yeah. enjoyable and everything. And now it yeah. seems like, you know, if it's something that we're like, okay, well, we should review this for the podcast or, oh, we've been waiting on this one for a while, then yeah, we're going to go, right? Yeah, yeah. But like some of those other things, you're like, eh. Like streaming really did a number during the pandemic on the motivation to go and see something in the theaters. For sure, yes. It just made it so easy to be like, I'll just watch that at home. I really wanted to see the movie Nope. Um which was made by the same director that did Get Out and Jordan Peele, right? Yeah, yeah. Jordan Peele is phenomenal at those kinds of movies, and I enjoy his movies a lot. And I saw Get Out in the movie theater. Nope came out. I was like, I really want to see this. I was like, I'll wait. It'll show up on streaming. Like it's not like that big of a spectacle, you know. I'll just yeah. I'll just wait till it shows up on streaming. And the kicker on streaming is if I really want to like. Here's, here's the other thing. I can own the movie on a streaming service like Vudu for the same, if not less, than it would cost me to go and watch it in the theater. And then I just have forever access to it. Yeah, yeah. And that comes into play too, right? That comes into play. Because they hit those streaming services so much faster. If the movie theater really, you know, and that's, the movie makers have realized like they're not going to make as much. They can get their, they can recoup the cost of making the movie and marketing the movie and everything else much faster. If they do a big initial run in the movie theaters, let it peter out. And then 30, 60 days afterwards, throw it onto streaming services for all the people who didn't go to the movie theater. Yes. Right. And then they, they start to recoup it that way. Um, and AMC's move, right? I, I, I don't think it's going to help them. 
the only thing as we're kind of talking this through what occurs to me is i wonder if the you know the higher ups whoever the mucky mucks that were making this decision whatever that meeting they're like okay we're gonna get some bad press for this our our reputation's gonna take a hit uh-huh. but we're trusting that at some point the price is just the price and people are just gonna pay because they're used to going, they're used to paying, and they're gonna want to see it, and they want to see it in those those, you know, everybody always tries to get the mi- the middle spots first. And I don't know how far, I haven't seen anything if they've said like how many of the quote of these like new premium level seats is it gonna be like just the you know the the middle six seats of the middle row? I doubt it. It'll probably be, you know, three it's gonna rows be if I'm looking of, at if I'm looking at your background right there. Yeah, those. Three upper tier rows. Yeah. If I'm going to guess, like you see one, two, three, and then you've got the very back row. Those three yeah. middle rows, all of it. Yeah. All of it's going to be priced higher right. than the front rows and the very, very back row. Right. And they're going to, and, and maybe they'll do like the middle section is the highest price and then they'll tear it down a little bit oh, towards gosh. the edges. Yeah. But it'll still, all of them will still be higher than like the, the front cushy oh, chairs. Yeah. Um, that's going to be my guess. And, you know, I've, I've been fortunate enough in my career to do a lot of product launches and to be able to launch uh, a number of things. And, and part of that process as one of those like higher up muckety mucks that kind of makes those decisions and looks at all of that. I have never in my career looked at coming in higher than like others in the market. Hmm. It has always been at what price point is it a fair value to the consumer for the experience that they're going to be provided? And can we do it just as good, if not better, and benefit the consumer by coming in a little bit lower than everybody else. Like, and that's that's honest, right? Because sure. yeah, that's a, we, that's a great approach. Doesn't seem like that's the uh, the dominant approach in most of corporate America. No, because unfortunately, in most of corporate America, right, the idea is, and this is kind of that that unfortunate side of corporate America. So let's use gas as an example, right? The profitability of oil companies is through the roof. If you look at it, and not only oil companies, but so many other companies as well that raised their prices during the pandemic, Mm-hmm. not out of necessity right they didn't need to right mm-hmm. maybe they needed to for a short period of time because the demand was so strenuous that to yeah. meet consumers like to give consumers what they needed like toilet paper or something like that they raised prices because the they had to shorten like production windows and do things faster and when you shorten a production <laughs> window for something in order to get it to the market faster it comes with an additional cost Right. It eats into your margin. But the margins right now that these companies make are astronomical. Yes. They're asinine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're absolutely <laughs> asinine. And and consumers have got so used to it during the pandemic that they're just like, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll pay $20 for eggs. I'll pay $10 for milk. I'll pay, you know what I mean? Yeah. None of those industries are, are strained from a production side to the point where that's necessary. It is, in my opinion, as a, as again, it's one of those higher up kind of muckety mucks that (laughs) makes these kinds of decisions and sits in these, these develop in these rooms. You're a lot of things, John, you're not a muckety muck. Oh, it's okay. I'm a muckety muck. Um, but as, and I'm fortunate enough to work, you know, in my day job for a company that agrees with kind of this stance, like it is unethical, in my opinion, 
to milk the consumer for higher profitability margins that only benefit the top tier. Mm. And that's what happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, Cause it's not so like, and here's a, here's a little bit of, I guess, business one-on-one as it pertains to like who gets what most of your frontline workers in organizations. And again, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that doesn't believe this. Like we pay our frontline workers more than a living wage um, because we value them and we want them to stick around and we want yeah. them to, to put food on their table. But most corporations, most companies, when you see those higher profit margins, they don't go to those frontline workers. Right. Right. They're going to uh, your higher end shareholders, your C-suite executives, your VPs, all of those folks. Like they get those, they, they reap the benefits of that. When a company's profitability starts to dip, two things take place. The first thing they try to do is cut frontline workers totally. Yeah. How many of these people can we get rid of? Not because it puts a strain on the operational ability of the company, but because it's dipping in to the big boys' pockets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Look at Disney right now. Disney owns the world. And they're just laying mm -hmm. off, what, 7,000 people. Yeah. And not because, not because Disney's seeing decreased revenue streams to an extent that that's necessary. But, and I don't know this for sure, right? This is, this is just hypothetical based on, you know, kind of how corporate America works. But because somebody at the top said, we're not returning as much and it's impacting my pay structure. Yeah, right. right. So how do we turn this around? Well, we get rid of some frontline employees. Okay, how many do we have to get rid of? We're going to get rid of 7,000. Okay, if we get rid of 7,000 frontline employees, what does that make our profit margin look like so that I can get my bonus? They may not say that second piece. Sure, but- But that's what's there. the motivating factor. Right, right. And then when profits you know, continue to dip, if they continue to, to fall below what they deem is an acceptable level, right? Then it's, okay, well, where do we increase pricing to be able to keep up this new profit margin that I love so much because I just bought a summer home in Hawaii <laughs> and I'd like to pay it off this year. Yeah. Right. And to me, and to me, I get kind of up in arms and offended at that. Um, 100%. Yeah. Right. Because it's not, you know, it's gouging the consumer. Um, it's okay to be in the market and say, okay, hey, those three middle rows right there, we're going to actually uh, find some work for some of our people that, you know, sometimes we struggle to be able to make hours for. And we're going to turn those into uh, order from your seat and have your food delivered to your seat. In order to help kind of pay for that, right? We're going to raise the pricing of those seats. Um, and we're, we're going to allow our employees to collect tips. We're going to put it in as part of the, the no, thing, right? Yeah. To help them out. Yeah. That's why we're going to do that. But just to say, you know what? Our profit margin isn't where we want because people aren't going back as much as we thought they would. So we're just going to raise the prices of these middle seats so that we can bump our profit margin. Yeah. It, it, I, just I, feel, it just feels icky. It feels awful. And yeah. And as a result, I, I mean, I'm going to be real honest. Like there are enough movie theaters around Dave that we can go somewhere else. It's true. And it's I 100% yeah. will go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. And that may be, and it's tough because you start thinking about the people that work for AMC and the damage that it's going to do for them, because they're going to be the ones that go. Like sure. Oh, 100%. the people that right. sell right. tickets and the people that sell popcorn, those are going to be the people that are negatively impacted by the, the backlash of this. And they're already, at least the one by us, closest to us, is already trying to run on a skeleton crew. Yeah. Like it, 
the lines are for snacks are always super long. And there's always yeah. like two people working that counter. It's never ever enough. Like so they're already stretching those guys thin and and then you're gonna be like, oh well. Yeah. So put up with put up with more angry people. Yeah, and that sucks. They're the ones that have to deal with it. Yeah. And you know, I think the moral here, there's not not that there's just one, but geek culture has taught us and just culture in general, but don't be greedy. Don't be greedy. Yeah. There's never been a good guy who is like whose main attribute was greedy, or even a secondary attribute. Right. Name one hero who was like, well, she's super strong and she's greedy. Homelander. <laughs> he's not a good guy. He's not a hero. No, he's not. He's no, not he's a not. hero. Not not a hero. But yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and you know, so at, at the end of the day, like make your money. It, it's fine. Be profitable. Be profitable. Yes, 100%. And if you're not profitable greedy. right now, right in your current system how can you increase value to the consumer to get them to come back more often right yeah. to improve your profitability right right what new amazing thing can you give them that provides you with a good margin to get those people to come back that's just going to make them like want to come back like right. it's not 3d <laughs> it's not 3d you know and how can you, in the process, provide, you know, the ability to employ more people or, you know, what have you? Yep. Um, well, so we've yeah. been on this for nearly an hour. So here's a cheesy segue in three, two, one. John, what are some ways in which our little company is trying to live those values that we've been saying? Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about that as we were going. I, you know, we, when we looked at uh, pricing for coffee, right? We wanted to stay in line with other folks and we're a small company, right? So everything's yeah. small batch roasted. Everything is like sourced differently. And to do that, it's more costly than like a, a Starbucks that, you know, is a corporate machine and buys in such a high enough volume that they can sell coffee for, you know, $10, um, but we can't do that. And we knew we couldn't do that. Right. And we could have come into the market at like some stupid price point. But we said, what, what other people, you know, that sell similar coffee to what we're going to sell. And, and we think we have better coffee. Right. We um, think that because we do. Because we do. And we hear that all the time. Like, yeah. you know, people talk about the Trinity is like the greatest coffee they've ever had. And, you know, the Logan's barrel age is just this incredible experience. And, you know, so we, we priced ours to be in line with, or even like a dollar or so lower. Yeah. Right. Than our competitors. And, and we're okay with that. Right. We're not, we're not trying to get rich off of this we're we're trying to like give customers value for what they're spending and we'd love to be able to buy an enough you know buy enough beans in volume to be able to offer it for like 9.99 sure yeah i would absolutely love to be able to do that yeah and you know what i think if at some point down the road in the future we're successful enough to do that 100 percent, we will absolutely we will we will absolutely do that and we've had our our cost for coffee has gone up since we started a year ago um and we haven't raised our prices as a result we we're just like yeah okay well we'll take a little less yeah um you know and there's probably some point where you go okay we can't afford to take any less correct right? sure um, yeah we we have had to raise uh change how shipping goes and and you know that's just because we looked at it and we were losing money in some cases and as much as we'd love to keep it where it was at we can't lose money and still provide the service that we would like to provide correct um you know when it comes to shop exclusives we looked around like the market and said what's everybody else sell shop exclusives for right and what do we need to sell it at to be able to recoup our our cost on that and do the next one mm -hmm. um so we price in line with the market there. 
and we put stuff on sale probably a lot but yes you know and, and not all the time and it varies and it goes between different stuff but you know our goal is to always be in line with what the fair market value of something is and sometimes we go less than what fair market value is um fair market value on comics just so everybody knows that changes all the time so if we're above fair market value on something it's just because we haven't seen that it's dropped right um and at some point you know we'll we'll drop it um but that's that's our goal like we we recently so when amc came out and did this we took a look at our vip program and you know it was we we did an early bird special where it was $25 for gold and and $50 for platinum and you get all these benefits right you get permanent discounts throughout the year on stuff and um you know disc like sales and specials that other folks don't get as that aren't vip members and after the early bird pricing, it went up to what we had intended, which was $50 for gold and $100 for platinum. And that's for the year, yeah. right? So you figure $50 in gold, that's not even $5 a month. And $100 for platinum wasn't even $10 a month. And then this came out with AMC. And I went, Dave, this isn't okay. We should, you know what? Like, let's drop ours back to 25 and 50 forever yep right let's let's over deliver on the value of what somebody's spending and make it accessible for everyone like anybody and everybody and and you agreed with that decision Absolutely. and so we yeah. like we permanently it was a no-brainer our, really in that sense yeah it was yeah, super but... simple we just said okay yeah let's do this we can afford to do that there let's do it yeah. and we do and and that's the result right and so we're always gonna look at when and where we can do those kinds of things um because we want to give everybody an opportunity to take part and to enjoy like what we have to offer um and that's that should be the goal i think of every every organization <laughs> yeah absolutely agree yeah, yeah. We think we, we've got a lot to offer and uh, it's, it's good and it's fun and it's high quality and, uh, and it's, it adds joy and enjoyment to your life. And, yes, we uh, hope so. we, yeah. Well, if, if you really dislike coffee and, and hate comic books, you're probably not paying too much attention. Yeah. You're us. probably not listening to us either. So <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. Um, but to your point now, we've, we've been going around on this for a, a little bit. So yeah. We should probably wrap it up. We've we been on a soapbox for a we, grip. We have, yeah. Well, you can, we've got you know six weeks of uh, of pent up things to say here. I haven't talked to the world in right. so long. Listen to me. Yeah, <laughs> I am very. I guess the next time they'll hear from us, we'd probably be after watching Ant Man and Wasp. I Punk would again. think so. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. I can't wait for that. Yeah, because we are going to go to uh, you know, guys who like this is important for us to do and and we love doing it yes um, 100%. this is what we started with was the podcast so we we talked about it we're not going to be able to do every week um you know luckily business is growing and uh we try to get things orders filled as fast as we can it's literally dave and i that fill orders and do all the things uh around the the business for the most part um so we're you know working hard to get those done and we're going to move this to every other week. Yeah. Right. So we won't have an episode next week, but we'll have one the week after where we talk about Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Absolutely. Yeah. That's our, that's our new goal. We're going to go for every other week and hopefully that's more sustainable. And instead of having, that's what we're committing to. It's not a goal. It's our commitment. All right. There you go. I like it. We're committing to that. There you go. And and hopefully that will help us not have like month long gaps in between. But yes. you never know because life still happens and true, it does. We'll get some way. But that is our commitment. So thanks for being on the ride with us here, folks. Uh let us know what you think. What did you what do you think? Are we completely uh overblowing this? Are we uh are we right on on track somewhere in between? What do you think about mm-hmm. AMC and what do you think about Avatar? Were you uh are you glad it's are you rooting for it to win best picture? I can see how it's got. 
I don't see how that's going to happen. Yeah, I don't either. But I but, will go see Avatar 3. <laughs> yeah, and Avatar 7 or whatever. When they but I out. might wear headphones and just listen to like music the whole time. <laughs> and just be like, wow, that is incredibly beautiful. I wonder what they're saying. I don't care. Right. <laughs> wonder which part of Dances with Wolves they're copying now. Oh. Hey, look what I did there. You know who started Dances with Wolves, don't you? Kevin Costner. Oh, yay. Yeah, it, it can't win an Oscar because Kevin Costner wasn't in it. <laughs> right? those, we don't make the rules here, folks. It's That's really just... only the like the like it's. So here's how we know James Cameron is a Kevin Costner fan, because he took Dances with Wolves and blended it with Waterworld. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. He on that note, friends. <laughs> And Kevin Costner. <laughs> Thanks for hanging out with us, True Believers, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Bye, guys. Bye.